listening to Ouija Broads. This is Devin. This is Liz. We're back at it. We're back at it, folks. We are at the second part of our episode on the Donner Party. You didn't make any puns about part and party in there. <laughs> I was I was trying to not because I assumed you would. Mm. Now I feel like we just no after you'd our way and stuck in the room. I know we did. We did end the third <laughs> part, and over there's the fourth part, and under this snowbank's the fifth part. I know it's so bad. Dude, it's so bad. No, 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 it's just the second part of the episode. <laughs> oh, my God. oh d- yeah. Yeah, this is the second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, goodbye. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> See you later. Do you start over? Goodbye. <laughs> nope. That's how I want to keep rolling. Here we go. Do you want to start over? We can. No, it's fine. <laughs> I'm in a good mood. We are part two of the Donner Party episodes. Episode. Yeah. No, it's an episode. Ah, you're in my head. <laughs> you did that to yourself. No, I, I did not. <laughs> I must be Mr. Donner because, girl, you're all up in my head right now. They, they, they eat his brain later, Liz. They eat his brain. That's very high calorie substance. Well, Almost pure fat and cholesterol. Is it really? Yucky. Yeah. Ew, it's like an egg. It's not not like an egg. It's not not like an egg. Ew. Oh, no. Okay, we're getting back onto this. Let's talk about people dying first. I need to work up to the human eating bits. Sure. Hey, content warning. Hey, content. Oh, my God. Yeah, this is the part of the episode you don't want your kids to listen to. No part of the episode is what I want. (laughs) No part of any episode. No. 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 I did leave part one as a cliffhanger. We stopped Mm -hmm. with Operation Forlorn Hope. Operation Forlorn Hope. Now, I've been thinking about this. Was it named that after, or was that what they called it when they left? No, it was named that after. Thank goodness. Okay, because I'm like, God, guys, like, I I know we haven't invented the secret yet, but try to, boy. Operation Optimism. <laughs> Search yeah, party or, better circumstances. Know, guess what? You don't have to even give it a name. <laughs> you don't have to. No, it's Just called after the guy. Some historians call it the snowshoe party because the 17 members who are leaving to get help leave on snowshoes that they made. But some historians call it forlorn hope. And we're going to go with that one because we like the drama as you and I are wont to gravitate toward. Yeah, I was going to say that's the name of my goth weepy sadcore band is forlorn hope forlorn hope yeah and you do like the ampersand tilde yeah. wiggly line to try to but make like a rose like maybe icicles are dripping yeah off the name. for sure we for play sure. 12 songs but they all sound like the same song all right i guess i'll let you keep telling me about why the hope was so forlorn i know i know i think you and i are, are more prone to diversion than most episodes because of the the absolute horror of what I'm talking about. This is disturbing beyond all recognition. You know, this is people who are dying and who are so desperate that they are willing to eat their own family members in an attempt to stay alive. Are we going to take a break just to talk about cannibalism in general? We can. if I have opinions, when do we get into those? I don't want to jump the gun. Let's get into those opinions after forlorn hope it starts happening. lives or dies. I will tell you when I want all your opinions. Okay. You need less than a page of my notes before you get your opinions. I'll do my best. Thank you. 
We've got 17 men, women, and children, including Luis and Salvador, the two Miwok guides, who are walking, they hope, to Sutter's Fort for help. They are on the trail for days. The women, I believe it's three or four women at this point, most of them left their children back at Truckee Lake in the care of other women saying, if I don't make it, you're their mother now. God, I bet that's half of what the splitting up is about. Oh, yeah. It's because it's not like, do I stay or go? Mm -hmm. It's, well, I'd really like to go and I think we need to, but the other people in my party can't go because they got short little legs. They got little legs. They're bitty babies. Fucking heart-wrenching. So we're on the trail for days. They took six days worth of rations with them. They're on the trail for a lot more than six days, dude. And they run out of that. And like six days when they started or what counts as six days now? Yeah, exactly. This is six days journey from Truckee Lake. From the time that (laughs) the 17 said, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Don't Mm. fill up on too much shoe leather. (laughs) Patrick Dolan is pretty fucking hungry. And he suggests to them that they draw straws to determine who will be killed so that the rest of the party can eat them. And the rest of the party's like, no, thanks. A couple of guys suggest a duel. A couple of guys suggest, how about no, Patrick? How about we keep frickin' walking? But- I mean, somebody's gonna be the first one to say it, I think. He breaks that seal, and he definitely gambles with this, assuming that, okay, we're gonna draw straws and it's not gonna be me. So he actually does get them to draw straws. And would you want to guess who gets the short straw? Oh my god. He pulls it. son, why did you not just bully and talk them through this with only five straws in your hand and they're not gonna notice till it's too late? Till it's too late, I know. You were holding the one. I know. Timothy or whatever. Patrick Dolan. Patrick. (laughs) Dolan Duck here. He got the short straw. And to their credit, the other people abandon the plan. They say, no, we don't want to do this. Jesus, that guy plays Russian roulette with all the chambers loaded. With all the chambers loaded, right? But okay, this is interesting, though. So there's a consensus of like, sure, let's draw straws. And then everybody's like, no. And I'm like, wait, was there a composition of the party members here where the guy who's the one who say, no, we shouldn't do this. If you get him as the straw, then there's nobody to say, no, we shouldn't do this. And it happens. I know. Fortunately, it sounds like most of them were like, hey, no, thanks. And when I say most of them, so many of the survivors wrote memoirs or wrote articles or people who were living at the time were keeping diaries. So we have written record of this stuff. We don't have paleontological or whatever, archaeological. I mean, that's all too old. Like, we don't have forensic evidence of cannibalism. But it is all over the written record that this is what happens. So Mm -hmm. these things that I'm saying are substantiated. I guess only one surviving adult actually wrote things. All the other accounts that were written were written by the kids that survived. Oh, I see. I'm getting ahead of myself, though, because we haven't eaten anybody yet. It's now almost Christmas. We're late December, and in the three days... So winter has actually started. Oh, winter done come. Yeah, it is winter for real. We've got most of the people back at Truckee Lake. We've got the 17 people who are part of Forlorn Hope or Snowshoe Camp, whatever you want to call it. And on Christmas and the days preceding and proceeding it, four people die. And that's when the surviving 13 decide that they need to eat the dead. When they... 
decide to eat the four dead people. They do it in a, as respectful a fashion as I think maybe you could. They split up so that everybody is eating at a different campfire. Yes, so it's not family. It's not family. No one had to watch their family be eaten or eat their family themselves at this Ooh. point. So they also, you know, don't, it's four bodies worth of meat. They're able to dry quite a bit. They're able to dry a large quantity of it so that they can take it on the road with them because they do think they'll get their strength back and be able to continue on to the fort. The food lasts them 14 more days or so. And at this point, William Foster says, hey, you know what we should do? We should eat the two Indians. So you're all William. They're not our people. Like, why don't why don't we kill the Miwok guides and eat them? And, you know, Mr. Eddie goes over to the Indians who speak very little English and he speaks very little of their language, but he's able to convey to them, hey, guess what? Y'all are on the menu. Get the fuck out. So good for him. Louis and Salvador, peace out. It doesn't help them because seven days later, the party runs across Luis and Salvador, who are near death in the snow. Oh, William Foster shoots and kills them both. And eats them. This whole story is just people who turned out to be right, but you're not happy about you're it. You're so not happy about it, are you? Or at least, right, they think they turned out to right, be right. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, William, dude, you wanted to eat people since the day you were like six. This was just finally the <laughs> opportunity where it was kind of okay. And again, you start to wonder, well... Okay, are the people who are getting more extreme with this the people with kids? Or what's, I don't know, I'm curious as to how that would break down. Because, like, there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't do for my own survival that I would do for a little Oh, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think if it was life or death for my own son, I would cut off my own leg and be like, here you go, mm-hmm. dude. Well, and actually, Mr. Graves is there with his two, seems like they're kind of adult, they're older daughters. One is married, at least. He dies on this trip, and as he's dying, he's begging his daughters to eat him. He's begging them to survive, and he doesn't care what they have to do to do it. Please eat his body so that they can live. It is January 12th before the remaining seven survivors of this group of 17 stumble into a Miwok camp. Like, dude, they look so fucked up that the Miwok Indians are like, the fuck are you, and run away from them. I would, yeah. I would too. But they finally, you know, they realize like, oh, you're you're human beings, not murderous spirits or or something, some monster yeah. vision. Weird stick people walking yeah. out of here. Yeah. Fucking, where'd you come from? Exactly, right? So they feed them what they're eating, which is this kind of porridge made out of acorns and, and other nuts and roots. Mm-hmm. And some members of the tribe take Mr. Eddie, who's the cool guy, who was like, Luis and Salvador, get the fuck yeah. out of here. They take him to the edge of a small farming community in Sacramento Valley, where he's able to tell people What's happening, not only with the six survivors at the Miwok village, but all the folks back at Truckee Lake and the Greek? That's a lot of pressure on one man. It's a lot of pressure on one man. And it has been 33 days since they left Truckee Lake. Let's talk about cannibalism, because there's actually a lot of different kinds of cannibalism and the psychology that goes into engaging in cannibalistic practices. 
Okay, that's intriguing in terms of like survival mm-hmm. versus like a fetishistic, yeah, serial killer yeah. type Sur- thing or ritualistic, exactly. yeah, thing. mortuary versus Religion. pathological versus survival, mm-hmm. yeah. Just in researching this, you know, I was reading about there are certain groups that practice ritualistic mortuary cannibalism where one member of their Mm -hmm. group dies and so they eat parts of this person to gain aspects of their personality or to honor them. Yeah, and it's often the brain, which is why that's a very risky thing to do if you're in a place where Kuru can be transmitted. Because it's one of those mad cow prions that's like a protein folding thing, and it can just live in the brain. And if you interacted with that person your whole life, you would be at zero Mm -hmm. risk of catching it from them. Unless you eat their <laughs> you brain. eat their brain, and it's all over. And you're like, what kind of parasite? Or like, no, well, I don't know. I could go yeah. off. Prions are so weird. They're not bacteria. They're not viruses. They're something. Really? They're a computer virus <laughs> for us. Like, they're, they're really off the shits. Like, I don't... I have a complete fascination with mad yeah. cow disease and with that kind of folding disorder. It's like protein folding goes oh. wrong rather than replication okay. or other stuff. And it's the same thing, I think think that causes fatal familial insomnia but i could be wrong how interesting oh weird as there's no cure for mad cow disease you can't kill prions with anything you can't cure it that's my understanding yeah like you can't use antibiotics you can't use antivirals basically it's one of those self-replicating things where once it starts going wrong it's is it now or is it later oh wow okay so you could even have because the whole machine broke this isn't like you dropped your ice cream cone this is ice cream machine broke (laughs) and it's very this is mcdonald's it's very very hard (laughs) I, i don't think this last time looked into it which was not like today that was my understanding of where we're at with prions because they're just so unusual oh weird yeah okay so yeah ritualistic cannibalism and you can have ritualistic cannibalism i guess that's eating a member outside of your group and apparently that's often to like intimidate your enemies from Hmm. what i read so like i'd kill this guy from a neighboring group and then eat him so that they're all like oh Oh, that guy. We better not mess with him. We don't want him to kill and eat us. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's like the very classic, fairly racist, like, one-panel cartoon thing, right? Of, like, the cannibal and the pot and the explorers, because that was pretty rich from Victorians. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (sighs) Yeah. They practiced metaphorical and colonial cannibalism. I was going to say, like, come on now. Y'all were going to a church where you eat your dead savior every fucking Sunday. Let's not. (laughs) I was actually not talking about that. I was talking about colonialism and their whole like, well, if you eat an individual, that's shocking. We'll mock you. But if we eat your entire country and spit it out because we didn't like the taste, that's just business, baby, man. Oh, sun. Sun never sets on the British Empire. Suck it up. I don't know what character that was that just came through. It's like a uptight British guy, like the little dude from Tarzan. Yes. But also he's a car But also you have a little bit of, like, jive almost in there. Like, I was really surprised (laughs) by where that accent was headed. I think it's because I said baby and baby man, and man. Right yeah, you're right. each other. I was like, that sounds yeah. weird, but I'm going to keep yeah, talking. Yeah, I want you to. Yes. Okay, so did we get all the types of cannibalism? We got them all. That's like a, that's a full house of cannibalism that we got right there. Stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> you have to stop. Or like what? Like you'll eat me? 
Only if you don't want me to. <laughs> you fucking brat. God. <laughs> We've got... We have to stop filming and make a no, show. No, I will not. <laughs> but do you stop talking like a valley girl? I was just like, why does she keep doing this? Is she going to give me a better take later? Or is this just punishment for something I don't remember we, doing? It's punishment for everything. You deserve this. Yeah, I do. We've got Mr. Eddie, thank goodness, who reached that farming community and he's told folks there. Were we supposed to talk more about cannibalism? I don't know. Do you want to talk more about cannibalism or do you want to give me a weird ass Dr. Livingston with some kind of patois going (laughs) and then I slip into Valley Girl? Which would you prefer? Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I tell stories with voices. Sometimes. Oh no, because I have opinions about how bad it actually is. Yeah? About yeah. how bad life is, cannibalism is, or... Cannibalism. Liz, could you eat a person if you were starving to death? I guess you don't know that, but... I can't say that I know I wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because here's the thing, and this is, I know there's different philosophical schools, and obviously harming people who are alive by desecrating the body of someone important to Mm -hmm. them is wrong because it's causing harm. And I'm not like a strict utilitarian, but in a situation like that, I'm like, what good do we attain by preserving these bodies? It's not helping them. It's not helping the alive people. I don't see what we got out of that except maintenance of a cultural boundary, which is important for group cohesion. Like, we don't want to just get in the habit of like, well, mild inconvenience. (laughs) Guess we're going to eat each other. Like, that's not a successful thing that a species does. It doesn't, it's not even a morality thing. It's just an evolution thing that you should not fall back on that short of extreme Mm -hmm. circumstances. Mm -hmm. But I swear there are stories that you hear like this, and there will be a lot of murder along the way. Often not even like, I'm going to kill this person so I can eat them, but just, you know, tempers are flaring. And yet it always becomes a story about the cannibalism. And I'm like, look, if I had to quantify harm Mm -hmm. here, it's much more harmful to choose to take someone else's life for your own convenience. Not even your own survival, but your own convenience. That's so much more harmful than breaking a social Right. Mr. Reed stabbing a guy because he was beating him with his riding crop is too extreme. That was out of line, Reedy boy. And then I'm thinking about Sutter, and I feel like yeah. the harm he did. This should be called the Sutter Party, or the guy who gave them the guidebook. <laughs> should be called the Lansford Hastings Party. Fuck that guy. That guy's yeah. a dick. I mean, Sutter, like, I don't know that he was get people to California at any cost. I'm going to say this is all Lansford's problem, because I want to. That's going to say, as long as we got a scapegoat. Right. Let's have someone to blame. Mr. Reed is the one that was kicked out of the group for killing that guy in a fit of rage and who made it to Sutter Fort. And it's January and he hasn't seen his family and he's been freaking out because he really thought that they would just get through the pass and they would catch him up a week later. You know, he really did not think that he was leaving and abandoning them. He was just had been kicked out of the group. So he was going to get on ahead and get out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'll oh, yeah. call me 7-11. It's all right. Send an Uber later. He hasn't seen his family at the fort, and so he thinks, okay, I bet they got through the pass. I bet they're on the other side of the pass, 
and something's happened, so let's go for them. And the Mexican-American War is kind of happening at this time, so there's not a lot of people at the fort that are able to leave it to help him, but he's able to get a small group of people to go with him to the other side of the final mountains that they should have passed through to find what he hopes is going to be the party, the 86 people. God, that's so wild, because you think about, like, they, they don't have mountain no. gear. They don't have REI. No. Like, they're not well-fed no. and fat and sassy. No. Like, these people are probably, at best, scraping out a living, and they're willing to just head back in. Mm-hmm. Like, when they do rescues on Everest, even with professional people who do this for their most important time of yeah. year and everything, it's still really, really hard to rescue so somebody. Hard. And this is like, well, we don't really have a map. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure where they ended up, but let's, you know, let's go take a look. I'm like, I've, I've seen people who wouldn't look for a dog. Yeah. But, like, oh, yeah. But okay. no, he's going back in this blizzard to this mountainside to try to find his family and the party. And because his family stuck at Truckee Lake, they have made it through the mountains he don't find them but he does manage to find another pioneer husband and wife who got trapped in similar situations and are starving to death so oh my god i can see why this would be so confusing oh, yeah. too because it's like are they part of the donner are they, party yeah, now are or? they do they count i don't think they count they didn't come through with the donner party but so they rescue those two folks And weather conditions make it so that they can't go any further. They can't go through Donner's Pass down to Truckee Lake to keep searching. They have to turn around. He has to go back to the fort without his family. But by February, Mr. Reed has gotten down to San Jose, and he is doing a bang-up job raising awareness about the situation at Truckee Lake. He knows that the family and the party didn't make it to the other side of the mountains, so he assumes they're back at Truckee Lake. And we've also got confirmation from this because the folks made it to that farming community. So he is raising money and getting the residents of the area to sign a petition to get the U.S. Navy to assist with a rescue of the 60-some people stuck at Truckee Lake. Wow. He, like, Mr. Reed, for having stabbed that dude and not being a cool guy at the beginning of the story, he is trying his damnedest to get the rest of the folks rescued. Not Mm -hmm. altruistic. His family's there. You know, I get that. But he is doing everything he thinks he can to rescue the folks at Truckee Lake. Mm -hmm. While he's doing that, William Eddy, cool guy, is mounting what would later be called First Relief. And... Oh, it's called first relief because spoiler alert, there end up being four reliefs. Wow. That's that's four expeditions that go back and try and save the members of the Donner Party at Truckee Lake and at Alder Creek. And that's over a two month time period. That's between February and April. Oh, my God. This is like a school year worth of horror. Bad, dude. And it gets worse. Liz, it gets worse because the reliefs get stuck in the same situation. Yeah. Like, we get Eddie and seven men. They make it back to Truckee Lake. They find people still alive. They they get into what looks like this desolate, snow-covered, barren land. And when they make enough noise, a woman's head pops out of the snow. And they realize her whole cabin's been buried by the snowfall. And she goes, are you men? Are you real or are you from heaven? Oh, wow. She thought that they were dead. Yeah. And no, turns out there's there's still um, 30 people alive at Truckee Lake. 13 have died, but wow. 30 people 
are alive. And Eddie and the men. I just gotta say, in the shoes of Mr. Eddie, I would be like, they're dead. Oh, yeah. We didn't have food three months ago. That's not how humans work. Yeah. No, they managed to survive, dude. So while some of the men give out rations to the people and they're being very careful, they're like, you're starving to death. Let's give you a little bit of food so that you don't gorge yourself and die from that. But he goes, okay, well, let's go check on the Donners. We knew that there were 21 folks at at Alder Creek. Let's make it the five miles or whatever to them and, and see what's going on. There, yeah. There are people at Alder Creek. They are still alive. There's almost 20 of them. Of the 21 original, there are 19 that are still alive at Alder Creek. Like, wow. Wow. They're doing okay. So there are seven people that are able to move well enough that can come from Alder Creek to Truckee Lake, and then hopefully go with the party from Truckee Lake to the fort. Twelve of them have been left behind at Alder Creek. That includes Mr. Donner, whose arm is even more infected than before. His wife, who's in really good health, but is like, I'm not leaving my husband. And she keeps her three daughters and one son, I believe it is, with her. And says, no, don't send them on. They're going to stay with me because... Eddie's like, don't worry, a second expedition's coming. Yeah. So we get a bunch of people from Alder to Truckee Lake. And then from Truckee Lake, we get 23 people who are selected to leave with the rescue party to try to make it back to the fort. Okay. Now, several people died on the trek from Truckee Lake to the fort, and it's That's what I've been thinking about is a lot of these like, oh, there's still 19 people. It's like, yeah, you didn't like add 19 people to the rescue team. You've got 19 extremely frail, weak people who are extremely frail. You know, these these people are, are traveling out still in blizzards. Several of the children die, but there is there is kind of one very sweet thing is that while they're getting back to the fort as that rescue party with its remaining several survivors gets to the fort area, Mr. Reed is leading his own rescue party in and he and his wife pass each other. So he knows that his wife is alive. They get to see each other and say, here are the kids, here's me, we're alive, we made it out. And to his credit, Reed is like, okay, I'm going to go back for the rest. Still, yeah. That would be so tough to do. I wouldn't be able to leave Jason and Jonah. I mean, if mm-hmm. I had more family back at the lake, yeah. But I don't I don't mm-hmm. know that I think at that point I would just be like, oh thank God. <laughs> this is mm-hmm. done it, did the hard part, did the scary part, can't do it again. The second relief party makes it to Truckee Lake shortly after, and no one has died in their absence, which is is really good news at Truckee Lake. But it's gone south at Alder Creek. Mm-mm. Alder Creek has since had to resort to cannibalism to survive. Mm-hmm. Mrs. Donner, again, with her three daughters, has decided to stay with Mr. Donner because they've been told, well, there's a third rescue party coming. So if you can't walk mm-hmm. out now, you've still got a chance. And she says, no, I'm going to stay here with my husband, with my daughters. So the relief party gathers up some people from the creek. They gather up some more people at Truckee Lake. They end up getting 17 people 
that are going to make the trek this time. They've left behind three people from the rescue party who are supposed to, because they're in good health, stay and help tend to the sick. They're supposed to hunt and they're supposed to generally keep order and people in as good of health as possible until the third relief party gets there. I feel like if hunting was an option, it would have been used a little more, but I could be wrong. They had been able to hunt, and they had been able to kill a couple of deer and a bear at one point, but that's still 60 people that you're trying to, you know, feed with very little, and they're not that successful. I guess the lake wasn't frozen over, but no one in the party knew how to fish. Oh, yeah. So they weren't able to use that as a resource. Jeez, I stick my whole face in the water like a bear on a salmon run. Just a bear. Just do it. Just grab them with your hands like you're in Naked and Afraid or something. One of the three dudes is like, cool, I'm going to go hunt. And he goes out to hunt. And the two dudes that are left behind are like, well, fuck this. We're not going to stick around here with a bunch of cannibals. We're going to leave. What? what, yep. what? They decide that One they're job. just going to go back to California. They, they don't want to be here. They don't actually want to help out people. They're going to go. And Mrs. Donner says, I will give you $500 if you carry my three girls to California to the fort with you. Wow. And they accept it. And they take the girls from Alder Creek to Truckee Lake and they dump them at Truckee Lake. Son of a bitch. Fucking assholes. Special place in yep. hell. So they peace. The... Third relief party gets there, and it is same people, same story. They take a couple that can manage the trip. They leave a couple more who can't manage the trip. Mrs. Donner finds out that her daughters have been abandoned at Truckee Lake. So she makes the trek from the creek to the lake to get her girls to bring back home. Wow. So they took those kids a distance that she could cover. Yeah. In her condition. Yeah. In lazy yeah. assholes. She was apparently, you know, I forget her name, Tamison, I think, but I, by all accounts, she's in really good health until the fourth relief party gets to the Donner campsite. This is in early April, and really, they're going back and don't think they're going to find any survivors. They're going back mm-hmm. to try and salvage what they can so that the Orphans, because now there are many orphans at the fort, will have a little bit of money. So they're not destitute orphans. How many days in are we at this point? We are October 20th to April 9th, I think oh. it was. I didn't write this down in my note, but it's early It's early April. Okay. I feel like what I didn't understand about the Donner Party before this story is I'd always pictured, you know, they're going across... I thought one coherent group got stuck in one mm-hmm. place and then got rescued one time. Mm-hmm. And the amount of back and forth with all these relief parties and communication and people just like clean cut move down yeah. to the lake or whatever. I'm like, this is just a level of mobility yeah. that I didn't picture. I had no idea. But I know it's, it's so different to be sitting here trying to imagine it and going like, well, sorry about it. I would just keep going. Right. I'm like, they knew. They knew what they were trying to do, right? and they had, they made the choices they could. It's just harder to understand. No, we can move around. We can. Like, I mean, yeah. we can't climb this vertical rock face through 22 feet of snow to get through this tiny little pass with no things to hold yeah. our provisions that is going to take us the other 20 miles mm-hmm. to the fort. But we can, you know, we can, we can limp our asses the five miles between the creek and the lake, I suppose. 
it, and it's just wild. It's like they're trying to get them out of a well they found oh, yeah. or something. Yeah, and I mean, have you ever seen that video of the cat who's trying to take her kittens up a slide to to have her nest? Yeah. At the, oh, and every time she gets one to the top, one of the other babies mm-hmm. is like, "Wee slide!" and then yeah. scoots its dumbass. To, I feel like this is it. They're just kind of playing leapfrog mm-hmm. with these poor, starving, hypothermic, sick people. The fourth relief party is able to recover some valuables, some cash. They get to the creek and they find dead Mr. Donner. His wife is nowhere to be found. Mr. Donner's head has been split open and his brains removed. Oh, boy. And they find one man alive, William Kiesberg, who is scooping up a pot of brains and entrails to eat. And he is where the kind of gleefully mad, cannibalistic, ritualistic, murderous mm, tint to this whole thing started. He was obviously a survival cannibalist, as they all were, but he was the one that Mm -hmm. was, like, not really bothered by it. He was readily admitting to, like, oh, yeah, Tamison? Well, she died, so I ate her. And then Mr. Donner? He died, so I cut open his head, and these are his brains, and I ate him. And then they find a whole bunch of valuables on him, and he's like, well, Mrs. Tamison gave that to me uh, to give to her kids. I'm supposed to survive, so I can take all this money to her kids. That's why I ate them. To survive, to take this money to their kids. (laughs) Okay. I just, I yeah. feel like there's nobody to root for in this story. No, nope. there's nobody to root nope. for. There is, there's, I mean, I think the people who go back. Yeah, that, that part is good. That part is good. The, the folks who are willing to do this, like, suicidal rescue mission to save people whose parties they weren't part of. I'm like, good on you. Mm-hmm. Good job, folks. You're right. I shouldn't say there's nobody to root for, but no. I, <laughs> it's very hard there's not a happy ending. I no. was going to say, it's very hard to see a happy ending. There isn't no. one. That would be why. That would be why, my friend. <sighs> There's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no. none. No. Of the 87 people who were members of the Donner Party, 48 survived. About half. Okay. A little better than half. Yeah. Um, the Breen and Reed families both managed to not lose a single family member, which is shocking. Wow. Okay. And again, Reed was insufferable oh, after that, right? Oh, my goodness. No living with oh, them. Oh, I'm sure there was no living with them. I mean... Although I would still feel bad. Like, I'm being very flip right. about the fact that he didn't get to be the leader. But I, I also feel like it's when you can't talk people into not doing the stupid thing. Yeah. And then it goes horribly wrong. And you're like, should I have tried harder? Yeah, should I have tried harder? Or now you get the gratification that... <laughs> Gra- the, gratification. the gratification, the satisfaction and gratification, which is one gorgeously orgasmic feeling called gratification. Wow. Of saying, I told you so. The families who were maybe not the most helpful to each other on the trail in death redeem themselves a bit. The Reed family takes in two of the Donner children because they're orphans, <laughs> raises them. 
Yeah. Okay. There are a few other people around the fort and around town who adopt the other orphan children. The young girls, the girls, I mean, this is not a happy ending, but the girls who are as young as 12 and survive immediately get proposed to at the fort because, as, <coughs> as we know, there are no women in California at this time. Uh, I didn't like yeah, that. Yeah, fortunately, they turn the men down. And all these people end up living happy lives, or, well, all these people end up living lives in California or Oregon. Okay, we know they're happy. Well, huh? no, I said all these people, I, I amended it. We don't know that they're happy. But, you know, okay, all these okay. people end up continuing to live in California. Like I said earlier, many of the children wrote memoirs or not really memoirs, not really tell-alls, but they wrote accounts of their time. Yeah. The youngest person in the Donner Party was one years old during that winter, and she also survived. Wow. She was the Breen's youngest daughter. Her name is Isabella. And she was actually also the last survivor of the Donner Party. She died in 1935. Like, this story is not that far away. It never is out here, though. We're still such a young, little, wild west part of the world, I feel. Yeah. So, Liz, that is how I managed to link up the Great Pacific North Weird with arguably the most horrific or at least memorable story that came out of the Oregon Trail. Yeah, I don't even think of it as an Oregon Trail story, but I get it. I know, it. but it is. We've got Mr. Pettit to thank for that connection, tenuous though it is, that allowed me to tell this part of our area's history. But it's part of the, the mythological West, and that's very important to me, because I think about, like, if I talk to people from being out West, mm -hmm. and I told them the Donner Party was in Oregon or Washington, do you think people would push back? No. No, because it's all just cowboy right. land. I wouldn't have pushed back, Liz. I wasn't it sure. It happened in cowboy it land. It happened in cow... I wasn't positive where the Donner Party no. was. No. Oh, no. Caitlin Doty of the Ask a Mortician series says that we just all kind of have this basic Donner Party starter pack knowledge, which is, you know, yeah. some, some pioneers got lost in some snow and ate each other. And that is so accurate. I couldn't have told you when. I couldn't have told you where. Mm -mm. I couldn't have told you the conditions that led up to cannibalism. And I certainly didn't know that there were four rescue efforts. I didn't know there were so many people. No. I would have guessed like 12, 12 people. 12 people, right? And they all died. Yeah. That would have been the numbers I gave you. I would have given you 12 people and six died. You know? Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah, somebody yeah. had to survive. Where else did the story come from? I don't know. People infer stuff. <laughs> and when you find a bunch of bodies with a bunch of knife marks on them and chunks missing. <laughs> I heard that is people in furs stuff, like people wearing furs. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah people in furries crack the case, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. It's never true. <sighs> oh man. Yeah, I I had a very different image of it. And I don't know that there's ever been a movie made of it. I mean, I'm sure there has been, right? But not one that created and codified an official yeah. fake version. Yeah, of I don't it. think there's been like a Christopher Nolan or a John Wayne yeah. or or something of that nature. I mean, they made the movie alive out of that. Yeah, they made alive. They made in the heart of the sea. Yeah. I don't know, Hollywood. You wanna you wanna call us? We'll write your script. 
It's probably because the other two didn't have kids. Uh, there you go. No, the kid is the heart wrenching one, and he's got it. He like has his childhood dog that he hides from everyone, so they can't Ooh, eat it. Yeah, and he's like, "Run, boy, run into the woods!" And then like once he survives, the dog meets him at the fort. It's like Fievel and Homeward Bound and Alive yeah. all in one. It is. I was just going, what am I picturing? And I realized I'm picturing Cannibal the Musical, which is about what? a different incident. Are you not familiar with Cannibal the Musical? No, I am not. It is about a, I believe, Utah cannibal um, named Alfred Hacker, I think. Okay. Let me see if I got that right. Yep, the Colorado Cannibal. Wow. They made a musical yep. out of that, huh? Well, the South Park guys did. Oh, a little bit of a cult favorite. There. That's that's where I'm getting a lot of my imagery for this from, which is just the worst thing. It's so bad. Just the it's worst so thing. so bad. But, uh, it's a little bit sympathetic, though, honestly, mm-hmm. that sometimes you don't look as good as you would if you'd had the chance to know people were coming to look at you. Absolutely. That's a lesson we all learn. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I've definitely been in situations before. I'm like, well, this is how I die. And everyone on the internet is going to be like, you fucking moron. How did you not know you were going to die in that situation? You know, like I have, I never walked the Oregon Trail with some oxen and some people I didn't really know. So I haven't done that, but I've definitely put myself in life-threatening situations, I think, or at least dangerous with the potential to be harmful and thought, well, I should have known better. Yeah, that's often my template for deciding whether or not to make a decision about something where if the option is if we don't do this and the bad thing happens we're gonna have to say that we knew exactly what would happen and i just hate that feeling hate that feeling but we get used to all kinds of risk right like the risks that we take in cars every day and so forth would probably strike them as very scary but when it's your day-to-day your little monkey brain just cannot keep track of it and what else are you gonna do nope all right, dude, should I take us out of here? I guess. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know what to add I don't, to that. I, don't I have no idea. Friends, we hoped you enjoyed this two-parter episode, and we hope that you enjoy all of our episodes. If this is your first time or maybe your second or third time, we have got 115 or so more episodes for you to binge on over <laughs> at WeJabrods.com, which will most likely direct you to Podbean, but you can also find us on iTunes or the podcatcher of your choice. I mean, you found us once. I'm so proud of you for finding us once. I know you can do it again. Come back for Rescue Mission 2 and 3 and 4. Don't do Forlorn Hope. That one sounds a little bit too intense, but we hope you always come back for more. Yeah. Speaking of more, Liz, where else can they find more? I don't know what you were going to throw me. Am I supposed to say Patreon? No, like in social media. I was trying to, I was oh, trying okay. to stop talking for a minute because that's all I've done. Oh, well, people should hit us up on social media at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter if you'd like to get uncut early release episodes whenever I get done editing them. I've never committed to a time frame. Nope. Uh, then you should come to patreon.com slash and join our excellent crew there. But your support in the form of not just Patreon subscriptions, but just listening, sharing, mm-hmm. spreading the word, doing reviews when you comment on the stuff on social mm-hmm. media and retweet it. All of it really means a lot to us. And yeah. I I feel like I need to apologize for how bad I am at responding to stuff. Yeah, same. 
it's not that I don't appreciate it and I'm not going to get back to it at some point. It's just a very hard thing to set aside time for with everything else that's on the plate because it's not going to make an episode happen or not. So it's not that I don't value it. It's just, it's not forlorn hope mission critical at all times and then i it's 1 a.m and i need to go to bed so i don't look at the messages and i feel bad it is no folks and i'm just notoriously bad at looking at anything that isn't a text message if you have ever emailed me or messaged me on facebook or instagram you know i am speaking the true true (laughs) but we do love it i i think the easiest things to engage with are your comments on facebook because that is a really easy way to share our thoughts with you and to hear your thoughts but in a way that we don't feel as though you're expecting an immediate response or a continued sustained conversation in that moment we can dip in and dip out with gifs and memes as we choose it's pretty good it is Folks, other than that, I think you know what we hope you do. We hope that you live weird. Die weird. And stay weird. Thank you for listening. Wow, there we go. (laughs) 